When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You know, I think for most people in the moment when they're at a live event, for oftentimes it's a lot of fun, like just to feel the energy and to, to be in that environment. It's not until afterwards, generally, that you kind of realize, ooh, that, that was a little bit rough. Uh, my ears are ringing now. Maybe I should have, you know, been wearing earplugs. But in the moment, it's enjoyable for a lot of people uh, to have that loud music going. You know, it makes you more immersed in in the experience It, you know, ultimately afterwards you do realize those after effects and you kind of regret it afterwards. But as we've kind of mentioned a few times. Welcome to Yesterday's Concert, a podcast that celebrates live music. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode we talk to Ryan Perry, founder of Eargasm Earplugs. As a passionate supporter of hearing protection, we discuss the ins and outs of loud concerts. So grab your earplugs, because we're talking earplugs. So I'm here with Ryan Perry, founder of Eargasm, an incredible company that does incredible things for live music fans and people in other areas as well. Ryan, how are you today, man? I'm doing excellent, Lance. How are you doing today? I can't complain, man. We got some sun in Memphis today, so it's it's a nice change of pace for this bleak and weary winter we've been having. So it's good, man. I appreciate <laughs> you asking. I'm not going to even ask since you told me you were in LA. I just know it's perfect automatically. <laughs> <laughs> well, surprisingly, we've had a lot of rain recently, uh, but it's finally starting to brighten up over here as well. So it seems like weather's great around the country. There we go. Can't complain. Win-win. So to get started, let's do a couple icebreakers just to have some fun. These are silly, just so we can get to know each other. So Ryan, I want to know, what was your first concert? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I have the answer. I kind of have two answers here. The real answer and then the answer I like to give. So my real first concert was actually Britney Spears in fifth grade. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's an incredible answer. (laughs) Well, like, tell me about that concert, man. Like, how awesome was that? You know, to be honest, I was kind of bored during it. it I was like what? in fifth grade. Um, I kind of got dragged along to it. It was at the forum. Uh, well, okay. at the time, the Great Western Forum in Inglewood. But, you know, really the first concert that was very memorable for me was Paul McCartney when I was in seventh grade. Been a huge Beatles fan for most of my life. Have at this point seen Paul McCartney probably about a dozen times. Nice. And uh, just, you know, being able to see him for that first time and uh it, it just was a defining moment i feel like in my life to see a legend like that in person he is still to this day like nearly nearing a thousand concerts myself he is still to this day my favorite concert i've ever seen i mean it's just there's too many hits there's too many classic songs in one set it's just not fair like how do you beat that yeah he he you really can't cover all of his catalog even all the hits like you know the past few times i've seen him he doesn't play the song yesterday Yep. And 
it's just kind of shocking he wouldn't play that song. But even without it, the, the show just feels so complete because he just has so many amazing, huge songs. Man, I'm still, I mean, Paul's great, but I'm interested in Britney Spears, man. That, that's just, I would love <laughs> to have seen Britney Spears back then. That's all. So were you just some friends drag you along or what happened? You know, my sister wanted to go and uh, my, my mother kind of organized uh, the tickets and we went out to the event, but you know, I wasn't too into it. I just really remember like almost falling asleep at a certain point, but maybe I just didn't appreciate in the moment. Cause you know, that was her and her prime back in like, yeah. it was the oops, I did it again tour. Um, so, you know, maybe going, reflecting back on it, it, I probably would have appreciated the moment more now versus then. Uh, but so even, still. even as a little kid with all the choreography and the lights and everything, it didn't draw you in more. Some reason, no, uh, that's, you know, I'm 34, wow. so it's been a few years since then. So maybe my recollection is a little bit off, but uh, <laughs> I just remember not being too into it. That's incredible. I, I love to hear it. I love a controversial take. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, okay. So next question, we'll move on. What's the best sounding room or venue that you've ever seen a show at? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I would probably have to say I really love going to this place called the Santa Barbara Bowl. I don't know if you've heard of it in Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is outdoors, but just due to the restrictions in terms of like noise control for the uh, neighborhood, they don't like blast anything too loud. It's not too overwhelming. Um, you know, the venue isn't massive, but it's not super tiny either. And you just get some great acts that come in through there. And you know, I think the artists that perform there and just the crew and everyone who works at that venue is really excited to be there. It's really a special treat to be able to perform there. So I think they take a little bit of extra care when performing there uh, versus some of the other places that I've seen uh, artists. What, uh, what's been one of your favorite shows you've seen there? Seeing Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That oh, was, man. I mean, this place is like 4,000 seats. So to have oh, Tom Petty... Yeah, like a lot of artists here in LA, they'll play one night at the Hollywood Bowl, which is, you know, 20,000 people. Then the next night go up to Santa Barbara, where it's way smaller. So I remember Jackson Brown opened the show um, and then Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers right after that. I want to say maybe it was in 2004, 2005, somewhere awesome. around there. You know, just an amazing show there to see such a huge act at such a small place. That's really cool. That's I just when I was telling you earlier, I went to L.A. and I got to see a show at the Hollywood Bowl and it is insanely huge. Like the pictures don't do justice of how big it is and just the absolute trek it is to get to the top of the venue is another thing that's over. Like nobody told me about that. I was not prepared for the, <laughs> the hurting that my calves were getting getting up to my seat. But yeah, it's a cool venue. It did not sound it was not the best sounding room I'd ever been in, but it was a really mm -hmm. cool historic venue so i wish i had checked out the santa barbara bowl that would have been a better maybe that would have been a better pick for me yeah next time next time you're right okay so moving on what's the loudest concert you've ever seen uh i definitely remember that and that's one of the reasons i actually started my company eargasm um Perfect. when i was probably 16 or 17 i saw bad religion uh, you know, the punk rock band yep. at a place called the Canyon Club, which is in Agora Hills, kind of near where I grew up. And uh, I wish I had a decibel reader with me. I'd be curious <laughs> to know how loud it was. But my ears rang for about two days after that show. And it was yeah. a really eye-opening experience for me to just, you know, I never 
noticed or realized that, you know, you could damage your hearing in that way by attending an event, uh, you know, that was that loud. Yeah, it just really made an impression on me. And I was kind of more conscientious after that point about protecting my hearing and realizing that there were risks involved in attending live events when it comes to your hearing. Um, but yeah, that was an extremely loud concert and, uh, but a great show nonetheless. I was about to say, it's gotta be awesome. Like that, everything about that sounds incredible. I mean, even the hearing damage, it fits with the show. I feel like, so, (laughs) okay. So last one, and, and we're going to talk more about what you just said, but we'll also talk more about this Mm -hmm. one as well, but clarify, there's an old cliche and you know where I'm going with this. Clarify this for me. If it's too loud, are you too old? So it's funny you bring that up because uh, actually we've posted that exact quote on our Instagram before, and it was one of our best performing posts uh, that I can recall. A lot of people have a lot of thoughts on this. You know, I think there's kind of this perspective out there that you're considered weak or not a strong person if you want to wear earplugs at a show. Um, You know, live music was intended to be uh, enjoyed without earplugs, but that really isn't the case. It's okay to wear hearing protection at events because, you know, ultimately, you know, when you're young and maybe you're not feeling the repercussions of hearing loss, because for most people, it's something that kind of accumulates over time, hearing loss. Like it's very subtle in the beginning and you may not even notice it, but over time, over the years, as you attend more and more shows, or you're, if you're a musician, you're performing live more more often, uh, it catches up to you eventually. So I think people who are saying that maybe haven't felt the effects of hearing loss yet, but then later mm-hmm. in life, they realize that, you know, maybe I should have done something to protect my hearing uh, earlier on. So uh, definitely don't agree with that statement. And I think more and more people are kind of understanding uh, that, that misnomer is not entirely accurate. Man, I appreciate you preaching the truth right there, man. That was some good stuff. And we're going to get more good stuff because this, as I was telling you earlier, this is a passion of mine when it comes to live music. My my wife is an audiologist and fought me for years to get to, to get me to wear hearing protection. And when I finally succumbed to her uh, and got a nice pair, didn't get just the, the nasty foam things that you stick in your ear. Uh, I, I discovered a new realm of live music. I heard music like I'd never heard it before. And I am a massive proponent of wearing hear, uh, hearing protection at live music just because it it will change the game for fans of music. You will hear things that you've never heard before and you will have a deeper appreciation of the show you walk away from. So Ryan, to start, I want to know, I know you've answered this one a billion times, so let's just set the framework. What's the origin story of Eargasm? You kind of touched on it earlier, but what's the full origin story? Yeah, definitely kind of kicked things off as to what started it all. It actually goes all the way back to when I first started attending live events back in uh, high school and had that very impressionable experience where I left a Bad Religion concert with my ears ringing for a few days afterwards. And my career trajectory actually is I wanted to be a lawyer for many years and like was seriously pursuing that. But after that kind of didn't pan out and I was trying to figure out the next thing to do with my life, I decided to get into the e-commerce business and selling products online. And when I was trying to figure out, okay, what is something that I can sell that, you know, is something I'm passionate about and and is also going to help other people. I kind of started thinking back to that moment 
that I had encountered earlier on uh, at that Bad Religion concert. And that was a very impressionable moment for me. But even past then, there had been, you know, times where I left concerts. I remember there was also like a Rolling Stones concert I went to one time where I had a bit of an ear ringing uh, episode mm-hmm. afterwards. And I just started wondering to myself, why do I put myself through this? And why do so many other people put themselves through the hassle of ringing ears and hearing loss? I started wondering to myself, why am I not wearing earplugs? And why do, why are other people not wearing earplugs? You know, when you go to a live event, you look around, you notice that most people, even to this day, are not wearing hearing protection. And I kind of went down the list of reasons why people don't wear earplugs at events. And, you know, I can kind of go through them. I think one thing that people are hesitant about is like most earplugs that people wear these days are foam earplugs. So they muffle and distort the sound and detract from the experience of the live event. So sometimes you'll see people at live events and they're wearing foam earplugs and they kind of get frustrated after a song or two and then we'll pull them out because they can't hear anything or it sounds like a garbled mess. And you kind of alluded to this benefit to what our product offers, which is it actually preserves sound quality while reducing noise levels. So for many people, actually our earplugs heighten the experience of the event because uh, you're not muffling and garbling the sound like a foam earplug would. You're actually still able to hear everything in proportion to how you would normally hear it. So um, that was one reason why I wanted to you know, create a product to address that issue. And another main thing is a lot of foam earplugs just quite honestly don't look that great. They're often orange, they're very noticeable. People are kind of embarrassed to wear something like that in public. So I wanted to create an earplug that addressed that as well and looked cool and stylish. And definitely addressing that was another thing that I noticed there was a need for. And then the final thing uh, was a lot of earplugs don't fit people well. A lot of earplugs out there are one size options only. So with our product catalog, we actually have a variety of different sizing options from the largest to the smallest ears, different ear tip sizes, different models configured for all shapes and all ears. With all of those things in mind, um, I just noticed that there was a need for this kind of product that wasn't being addressed. And it would help me and it would help other people. So uh, back in 2016, we released our first product, our high fidelity earplugs, which to this day is our bestseller and what I would say what our brand is most well known for. Although we now do have 10 different products available for all different kinds of ear sizes and use cases, but um, really our bread and butter and what is our core demographic is people who are going to live events and musicians. And we haven't lost sight of that and really try to cater our products mostly for that demographic. And that's, I want to, I want to echo what you were saying. Like the first time I used uh, like eargasm earplugs was at a John Mayer concert in 2017. And I remember being, it, my wife had hounded me enough about it. I finally bought something that was decent, a good product. And when I put them in and the band started playing, it was literally like I was going to my first concert. I mean, I, I looked at the bass player and I could, I could distinctly hear every single note he was playing. I looked at the piano, same thing, guitar, John's voice, every single thing was distinctly heard. And it, completely changed how I looked at live music. It was no longer about just this loud muffled wave crashing into you and just experiencing that. It was about encountering the musicians and the art that they're doing on stage. It really did open up my perception. And I felt 
it didn't matter anymore that I had earplugs anymore. It, it was not, you know, it wasn't the big foam one. So I was comfortable with it. And I was accepting like, hey, my music sounds better than yours because I have these in right now. And so that was a big thing for me. So I'm just echoing everything you just said. Um, so I want to know, because like I've said, my wife is an audiologist. I'm just curious, who did you team up with to work on this project? How did you get it? Do you have the technical know-how? Are you in there plugging away or how did you team up? Who did you team up with to make this happen? Yeah, great question. Um, we actually partner with a few different factories, you know, to manufacture our products. And, you know, myself by trade, I'm not an engineer or anything like that. But um, over time, you know, I've been doing this now for about seven years. So I have really gained a lot of inside knowledge over the years and how to, you know, improve uh, our products and more of the technical side of things. But in the beginning, it was really just uh, teaming up with people who understood how to create a quality product, how to create a quality earplug. Uh, we partnered with one individual who actually was in the hearing aid business uh, for many years. And uh, he was able to provide his expertise. And uh, that was really kind of the beginning of my team that I formed to uh, create our first products. And uh, over time, as we've you know gotten feedback from our customers and just from my own personal use of our products, we've been able to configure things and tweak things to where we are today. Well, so one of the most important things when looking for earplugs is the noise reduction rating, the NRR. Right. What is Eargasm's NRR? Great question. So it's really going to depend on the product that you're purchasing from us, but the high fidelity earplugs, our bestseller, has a noise reduction rating of 16 decibels. I think it's important to dive into this topic a little bit more because there is some confusion on it. A noise reduction rating is essentially mandated by federal law to be placed on any earplug. And there's certain requirements about how the testing to reach that number is done. And oftentimes that number is a very conservative number. Um, so realistically, with whether it's with our products or any other earplug product out there, Generally, as long as you're wearing the earplug correctly, that's the key. You have to wear the earplug correctly. You have to make sure that it's fitted properly for you, that you're inserting it correctly. You can actually get a greater reduction in volume than the noise reduction rating. So I think the noise reduction rating is a great baseline for you to kind of know at a minimum generally what you're going to get. But usually you can actually get a good bit more. So with our high fidelity earplugs, we often tell our, our uh, customers that you can expect up to 21 decibels of noise reduction. And that's what most concerts are, what, 115 decibels? What are they? 100 decibels? Do you know? Yeah, you know, that's going to vary from event to event. But generally, concerts are around um, about 100 decibels to 110 decibels. Okay. And so with that 20, 21 uh, noise reduction um, capability uh, of our earplugs, you're going to be bringing the noise generally down to about 80 to 85 decibels. And many experts have said that as long as the noise, uh, the decibel rating or, you know, the decibel uh, of the concert is below 85, that is kind of a good threshold to stay within. As long as you're not going over 85 decibels, that's a safe volume for your ears. So our earplugs will often bring it just into that sweet zone of where you're getting, I guess, the maximum volume, but also keeping it at a safe level. My next question is, 
I went last year, I went to 120 something shows in 2022. Mm -hmm. Obviously I need to wear earplugs if I'm going to that many concerts. Right. What about the person that goes to one, two, three, maybe four shows a year? Do they really need to wear earplugs or are they going to be okay? Another great question. Um, All it takes sometimes is just one concert and you can suffer from some sort of long-term effect. Uh, I feel like I got kind of lucky that Bad Religion show when my ears were ringing for two days. I feel like that was a more extreme example. And I've never been formally diagnosed with uh, tinnitus, but to this day, you know, when it's like very quiet in my room and I'm like trying to sleep, I sometimes can hear that ringing and like I have to kind of run a fan in the background or something to overpower that. And I've heard many similar anecdotes from our customers and and friends uh, who go to a lot of live events. You know, why take the risk? And as you mentioned before, our earplugs often can heighten the experience of the show. Sometimes sound is so loud uh, at a live event that it just overpowers your ears and you can't hear the detail that maybe you would if you are wearing our products. So not only are you protecting yourself from that risk of just unfortunately going to a really, really loud event and exposing yourself to that one-time harmful uh, noise level, but you're also going to probably have a better time at the event. You talking about that one show being the the catalyst for someone in 2014, I believe it was, I went and saw Motley Crue at an outdoor amphitheater, which when outdoors, the, the sound can carry. It's not as contained as it is as it would be in like a concert hall. I was up in the 300s. I was near the top and it was one. Of, it was hands down the loudest concert I've ever attended. It was to the point that I was pulling on my ear, trying to release the pressure inside of my ear. Um, and I ended up leaving the concert during the encore purely because my ears were in such physical pain from the actual event. Uh, I had a two hour drive post show to get back home and it was one of the most painful and like you were saying that that this whistle was just rolling in my ear and it lasted for a couple of weeks wow. uh, i mean even for a year after that i was incredibly sensitive to loud especially high pit high frequency noises and it was an absolutely miserable experience i mean and just for weeks my ears physically hurt so let's further dispel that earplugs are uncool tinnitus tinnitus however you pronounce it Explain that to me. Let's go into this. A lot of different ways that tinnitus tinnitus or tinnitus can start, but in young people, noise-induced tinnitus is the most common cause. So whether you're working in a loud environment, whether like, let's say you work at a factory with machinery, um, or these days going to live events is Mm -hmm. one of the most common uh, sources of noise-induced tinnitus. Uh, For a lot of people, unfortunately, tinnitus, once you have it, it's permanent. You can't undo it. Really, you know, we have so many people who are buying our products because they've started to suffer from tinnitus. And while our products, unfortunately, can't undo the damage that's already been caused, it can stop it from getting worse. You know, it's never too late to start protecting the hearing that you have left. And it's never too late to keep your tinnitus at bay so that uh, it doesn't get worse in the future. But it can be a very serious issue. And, you know, there's tinnitus support groups that, you know, I've kind of, you know, read into a little bit where people just talk about how much of a struggle their daily lives, unfortunately, become. I've even heard of stories of tinnitus being so bad for people driving them so crazy that they resort to suicide. 
Um, it's, it's awful to hear. Um, I believe William Shatner actually, uh, believe it or not, I don't know if you've heard his story, but uh-huh. he, uh, he suffered from tinnitus, uh, and he still does. I, I don't know. The I'm story assuming about it was how. from what was it probably going to too many Slayer concerts? Is yeah. that is that what, what how he got it? <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly the source of his tinnitus, but um, that would be an interesting story. But yeah, like I, I you know remember watching an interview with him. The I think the key thing to emphasize is tinnitus. While there are possible remedies, there's certain supplements I've read about that you can take that maybe can reduce it. For a lot of people, it is permanent. So it's always best to just be proactive and not put yourself in the situation of getting tinnitus to begin with. As I said, my wife working in audiology, I have heard those horror stories. I have heard her firsthand accounts of patients that can't deal with it anymore. And they do result to that very bleak ending. And so it is It is not something you want to play with. And I can tell you in that year following the Motley Crue concert, it was miserable. I mean, to not to go to live music as a live music fanatic and to be miserable the entire time because it was too loud. It's not fun. And I mean, the old, like if you're a music fan, having the greatest gift taken away from you is miserable. And all you have to do is pop a little product into your ear. That's going to make it better. It's a win-win for you to wear earplugs in this situation. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to like somebody whose specialty is earplugs. Like this is a product I believe in. This is a, a solution that is there for everyone. So Ryan changing, we're going to get a little more upbeat. (laughs) I want to talk about as a music fan yourself, what's your opinion on why concerts are so loud? You know, I think for most people in the moment when they're at a live event, oftentimes it's a lot of fun, like just to feel the energy and to, to be in that environment. It's not until afterwards, generally, that you kind of realize, ooh, that that was a little bit rough. Uh, my ears are ringing now. Maybe I should have, you know, been wearing earplugs. But in the moment, uh, it's it's enjoyable for a lot of people uh, to have that loud music going. You know, it makes you more immersed in, in the experience. It, uh, so I think that's kind of why it's done that way. You know, ultimately afterwards you do realize those after effects and you kind of regret it afterwards but as we've kind of mentioned a few times our products allow you to still enjoy the music still hear it clearly just at that lower volume so you don't have to detract away from uh that experience necessarily let's i think about like when you have the really loud bass that just rattles your sternum and you feel it in your lungs and your organs kind of jiggle a little bit like, do you lose something when you take away? Because I mean, that, that, like, if you're at a metal show or a punk show or even a hip hop mm-hmm. show and you feel that, I mean, it, it enhances the experience to some degree. Do you lose something if they turn the volume down on that? Well, I think that that bass feeling, it, it might be kind of hard to replicate that if the volume is lower, but mm-hmm. you would still be able to feel that feeling within your body, even if you're wearing earplugs, because, you know, that's not being taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, th- I have kind of, you know, thought about this and our customers, especially on social media, I see this being asked all the time. Why don't they just turn the volume down? Uh, it, it's something that I've never really gotten a straight answer on, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I, I think oftentimes the only reason they turn the volume down is if it's like in a, a neighborhood, a residential area, uh, and there's certain noise requirements to prevent the neighbors from being upset. But uh, I think it's just, you know, it, it's an immersive experience when you do have that 
that higher volume level. Well, that was actually going to be my next question because I was thinking about when I saw the Eagles, it was one of the the best sounding concerts I've ever seen in my life. Whether or not people like the Eagles, I don't really care. They make great hits. Uh, but the it wasn't too loud and it sounded great. It sounded better. I didn't, I, I probably did need them, but I didn't wear them earplugs at the time. And that's what I just think about. Like, it seems like the show sounds better when it's appropriately volumized or whatever we want to call it, because the loud shows are often muddy and jarbled and don't sound good. And so that's, I, I just, what are your thoughts on that? Turning it down to make it sound good. Yeah. I, I, I've seen the Eagles a few times myself and I know what you're talking about their, their volume levels are definitely a little bit louder. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally still wore my eargasm earplugs when I yep. saw the Eagles, I think a few years ago at the forum, you know, I think it really just also depends on the genre of music. Um, certain genres definitely like to crank it up a bit more, uh, EDM punk rock. Um, but more of like the classic rock bands, I, I've noticed they kind of do turn the volume down a little bit. So I think it really also just depends on the genre too. Um, mm-hmm. For some genres, it plays well, I guess, to really crank the volume up. And uh, I would imagine it also goes to what the artist wants. You know, I'm sure they have some input about their sound and how they want to have their live events experienced by their fans. I mean, the spirit of rock and roll is loud in your face and brash. Right. Does that go away if you turn the volume down? Like, I mean, like if you went to Bad Religion today and it was appropriately volumized, would that lose that punk rock, rebellious rock and roll spirit? Yeah, you know what? It it might a little bit. But, you know, if you're wearing earplugs alongside of that, because you kind of pointed out something interesting earlier, which is sound is not just experienced through your ears. It's a full body experience. And Mm -hmm. you really do lose some of that when you turn the volume down. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not like an expert in mixing sound, but if there was a way to kind of keep some of those elements that you feel in your body with louder music, but still able to simultaneously turn the sound down, that might be a, a good middle ground there. A lot of that, full body feeling comes from the bass side of things. Um, whereas maybe like the, you know, the higher trebly uh, sort of sounds, if you were able to turn that down, that might be a unique kind of mix. Uh, just from my experience, uh, there is just something about it and I fully know how to explain it, but when you wear our, wear our earplugs at a loud event, it just feels better than if you're at that same event, let's say, but the volume was turned down. There is like a difference there. And I think it really does come to the part where you feel it in your body, but you're also kind of hearing at least the part that's in your ears at an appropriate level. Well, and it's, it's cool you talk about like the feeling of it as well, because it made me think about the Grateful Dead had had and kind of has still today to some degree but these these people that would be deaf and they would bring balloons into the concert and they would hold the balloons and they would feel the vibrations of the music and that's how the music translated for them was through those balloons and it was just it's an experience you and i will never get to have you know that's that was something that i was thinking about while you're talking about but one thing that i want to talk about too is where you sit in the venue actually matters you you know the closer you are to the stage likely the louder it's going to be However, you know, like I did at Motley Crue, I was sitting way at the top and it was still way too loud. But there is a sweet spot and I'm I'm going to see if you pick up where I'm going for it. Where is that sweet spot in your opinion? It's really hard to say because as okay. you mentioned, 
you were at the top of a stadium and like I was mentioning a Rolling Stones concert I went to where I left with ringing ears. I was way in the nosebleeds for that show. You know, I think it really depends on where the speakers are being placed and all of that. Also in, in terms of just like if it's an indoor venue or an outdoor venue, I've had all kinds of mixed experiences in terms of volume levels. I mean, I think one place you definitely would not want to be, if possible, is right next to the to a loudspeaker. That sort of placement, you're almost guaranteed to have, uh, you know, not a pleasant experience uh, in terms of volume. But it really is on a case-by-case basis, at least in my experience, as to mm-hmm. where the best spot in the venue is. Definitely, if you're next to a speaker, you're going to be experiencing louder uh, volumes. And moving away from that speaker would probably be a safer bet. Well, that's I, I get asked that question fairly often, like, where should I sit? Just because I've been to so many concerts. And I always tell mm-hmm. people, try to get as close to the soundboard as possible. That- For one thing, you're going to get the best mix in the entire room because that's where the mm-hmm. person mixing the sound is sitting. But it's also, I mean, they're not going to blow themselves out every single night because they're doing, I mean, granted, they're probably wearing earplugs, but it's probably going to be one of the safer places to sit because it's also going to be where you're going to have the angling of the speakers is likely going to be the best scenario for you to be is to sit somewhere near to that. And also, I think it needs to be mentioned, like you were saying, if you're on the front row, you're going to get blown out. The closer you are to the stage, the worse the sound is going to be in most situations because you're so close Mm -hmm. to the amplifiers, you're so close to the speakers, you're not going to be able to hear the music as clearly as if you move back like mid stage, you know, mid mid room up a little bit, you're going to get a better sound as well as dampen the hearing damage that you're going to get if you go in unprotected. Yeah, I I mean, you make a great point regarding the sound uh, mixing board being close to there. I mean, there's a reason why it's placed where it's placed. I think it really also depends on the venue. I know I keep saying it depends on the venue, but Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're at a massive concert, at least in my experience, like I just saw Elton John at Dodger Stadium. Uh, Me too. I, oh, you were there? Final night? Oh, I didn't go to the final night. I was oh. there the first night. <laughs> oh, I was there for the final one. Dang it, man. That would have been cool. Uh, but what an epic show, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. It was so good. So uh, good. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I had never seen him before. I've I love him and this was his final tour. So like I, I kind of splurged on some tickets and had some really good seats, like close to the stage. And I didn't think it was crazy loud from over there just because it's such a gigantic setup. Like the speakers were like, you know, I don't know, 40 feet, 50 feet overhead from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, since I was kind of closer to the center stage, the side speakers, given how massive the stage was, were, you know, probably 50 or 60 feet away from me, all pointing not right in my direction. Um, so I personally didn't find that concert to be super loud. Of course, I was still wearing my earplugs, but I can imagine, and I've been to Dodger Stadium at other events where if you're kind of more up in the bowl area where most of the seats are, you might be more in the line of fire of where these speakers are projecting out to. But if you're in a smaller venue where the stage is smaller and more of the speakers are just kind of in close proximity to the stage, you might have a totally different experience. What's your preference, small or big venue? Which, which one do you prefer seeing shows at? 
Uh, I always love a smaller venue if I can, um, okay. just a much more intimate experience. Uh, but with a lot of the artists I'm a huge fan of, like Paul McCartney, <laughs> realistically, you're not going to see him in a tiny venue unless it's like one of those crazy, amazing shows that yeah. he plays once in a while. But that's one of the reasons I had mentioned the Santa Barbara Bowl before. I think it's an awesome venue because they get bigger bands that would play 20, 30,000 seat venues and they'll play for a night up there for, you know, I think it's like 4,000 seats. So incredible. Uh, I guess realistically for most of the artists that I like, those mid-sized venues is where I try to see them at. So like the Santa Barbara Bowl or the Greek Theater here in L.A., there used to be this venue got torn down many years ago called the Universal Amphitheater, or they changed it to the Gibson Amphitheater. I haven't, I don't think okay. I've heard about this one. Tell me about it. Okay. That one was maybe about 5,000 seats. I want to say it was built in the 1960s and they tore it down maybe 10, 15 years ago and they built Harry Potter World uh, over it. <laughs> it's part, yeah, it's part of Universal Studios now. Uh, but so many historical shows took place there. Like if you Google it and you see all the bands that played there, it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but that was an awesome place to see shows uh, as awesome. well back when it was open. Well, as we kind of start to close, I want to know what's next for your orgasm? What's, what's in the pipeline? What's exciting? What's getting you hyped? What's really getting me hyped right now is getting us more involved being physically present at live events. So for the history of our company, we've usually been more e-commerce based, more online. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times people would have loved to have had our products, uh, but they forgot them or they were just kind of assuming that we would they would be available at a live event uh, in the moment to purchase them. And so we're really trying to do this transition this year where, you know, we're still going to be very strong through our e-commerce presence. So if you're buying us on eargasm.com or Amazon, we'll still be there for you. But we want to actually see you face to face this year. So um, we're really working hard to be present at live events, um, usually festivals. That's really where we're kind of aiming for this year. So hopefully you'll see us uh, this year at a festival near you. So um, we're working with numerous festivals. Uh, unfortunately, I can't disclose many of the names right now just because we're still in discussions. But last year, for instance, we uh, partnered with a music festival called When We Were Young, which was this mm -hmm. huge uh, emo music festival in Las Vegas. We had such a great time meeting uh, you know, our fans of Eargasm and we released a co-branded earplug so it was like a, a memento from your experience at the event. Mm -hmm. uh, it had the When We Were Young branding on it alongside ours, and we did a limited edition color. So we're really trying to do more of these collaborations and be there in the moment because I can't tell you how many times people wish they had our earplugs at a festival, but they're nowhere to be found. Had we had been there, we could have helped them out. So I really am excited to work on that project this year and just get us out there in person so that you can find us in the moment when you, when uh, we're really needed. That, that man, you nailed it. That's exactly what I was going to say, because that's after 2020, I got out of the habit of bringing my earplugs to shows with me because I wasn't going to shows. And so mm -hmm. in 2021, and I got better last year in 2022, but I would forget my earplugs at home just because I was out of practice. And that's what I kept wishing. I was like, 
They need to make a vending machine where I can just go up, swipe my card, a pair of earplugs, good earplugs, eargasm earplugs, not just foam ones, drops down and I'm able to pick it up. I, so that's my marketing pitch for you guys. I want to see eargasm vending machines in every arena and concert hall in the States and the world for that <laughs> matter. So that's I'm putting that on your plate. I hope to see it next year, Ryan. Get to work. Yeah, we've actually, funny enough, we have dabbled in the vending machine business. Interestingly enough, it didn't go quite as well as we uh, hoped. Um, but, you know, the festival partnership thing, I think, is really a great way, though, for us to kind of use that same concept, though, of being there. And quite honestly, it's just more satisfying as a company. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one thing that we've always... I don't know if you'd consider it a struggle, but something that's always kind of bothered me a little bit about being an e-commerce business is we don't get to see people face to face. It's we know people are using our products. We we hear about it online or, um, you know, maybe we'll be out at a show and uh, like myself or our employees and we'll see someone using our product and we can strike up a conversation and connect with them that way. But just being there and being able to interact with people and in real life, face to face and explain to them about our product or if they're already using it, like just chatting it up and connecting with people who have been loyal to us like you for so many years. And we just really appreciate it. Uh, just having that experience, that organic experience is something that we're really trying to push more this year. No. And I think, I think even the cool thing about even when you can't be like do vending machines or something like that, I think the message that Eargasm is spreading is just changing the stigma around protecting hearing. I think even just kind of having these conversations or doing a design on an earplug that where it is cooler, where it doesn't look like crap. I think that's a big deal is you're, you're changing the preconceived notions that people have about earplugs and hearing protection. And we're, we're moving towards something better where people are protected. And, you know, as long as we have loud concerts, there is an option for people to have safety moving forward. So I think that's a really great thing, even in the subtext of what you guys are doing. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, I've seen it since I've started my business uh, that the stigma definitely is going down. Um, it's definitely not as strange or unusual for people to be wearing hearing protection at concerts today than it was, you know, six, seven years ago. And uh, while we're doing our part, there's, you know, a lot of other great brands out there in the, in the space as well that, you know, we're all, we all have the same goal. You know, I just ask people whether you use Eargasm or another earplug brand, just do something to protect your hearing uh, because ultimately it's going to benefit you in the end. So why not just at least give it a shot? Be open-minded. Try it out. A lot of people have never worn earplugs once in their life to a concert. And all it takes is just one or two times of getting the hang of the routine of bringing them to the show and knowing how to insert them. One last tip I would give to anyone that I highly, highly encourage if possible is don't put your earplugs in for the first time at the concert, if possible, especially if you've never worn earplugs before. Practice a little bit at home, just, you know, getting used to the sensation and, you know, technique to putting it in your ear so that once you're at the event where oftentimes things are a little bit chaotic, you feel more confident and comfortable in doing it. Uh, that will really also benefit you in the long run. And I want to add to that too. Put your earplugs in 10 to 15 minutes before the music starts playing so they'll have a chance to settle in as well. That, that's also been something I found to be incredibly helpful. 
Oh yeah, that's a great point that way. Cause you know, the lights go down and then like you're mm-hmm. trying to like scramble, like all of our earplugs come in a carrying case, which is super convenient. But when it's dark out and uh, mm-hmm. you know, but we also do have a connector cord cause we've gotten feedback that people might lose their earplugs at a concert. So we've developed a connector cord that you can attach to our earplugs so that you're less likely to lose them at an event. Well, you've got you guys have thought of everything. You don't need my vending machine idea. You guys are on top of it. <laughs> so I, I I can't think of a better place to end where you just completely schooled me on my marketing idea. So I love it, Ryan. Thank you so much for sharing today, man. I, you guys are doing great, great work, and I'm I'm really grateful to have the time to speak to you today. Please, everyone, support Ryan and his business. Go buy yourself a pair of eargasm earplugs. Protect your hearing. Go enjoy some live music. Ryan, thanks for chatting today. Oh, my pleasure, Lance. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, you know, just really happy that 2023 is going to have so many amazing live events. I feel like 2022 was like the first full-on year since COVID where things were in full swing with concerts. But this year, it seems like it's going to be even better. So just, you know, stay safe out there. And, uh Hope everyone enjoys all the uh, concerts that are lined up for this year. Thanks for listening to another episode of Yesterday's Concert. Thoughts? Similar experiences? Disagree? Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Or you can email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com. If you're feeling kind, give us a review on Apple Podcast. Otherwise, until next time, give us a subscribe Check out our website, yesterdaysconcert.com, and most importantly, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.